Welcome to Outside Source Football, your inside look at the NFL. Listen to the latest predictions and happenings from the season with your hosts, Evan Mick and Gabriel Vondre. Here they are now. Hello and welcome to Outside Source Football on 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale with Evan Mick, Gabriel Vondrak, and Joseph Doherty. Today we'll be predicting the Super Bowl. We're going to also be talking about some head coaches, the new head coaching hires, but we are going to start off with our 2024 Super Bowl predictions. Are we are we allowed to say Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, we have we are in NFL communications. Why does Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We're we got that, that certification. Yeah. But they couldn't get us to the Pro Bowl. No. Or the or whatever the heck else I signed up for. I don't that's, know what the other thing was. That's a darn shame. <laughs> so, but we don't have to say big game. No, we can say Super Bowl. Cool. Wait, who has to say a big game? Like ads and different oh. things. Be like, are you you know ready for the big game? You know, really? Why? I, mean, I don't know because you, you're not NFL allowed. Owns coined the they, term Super Bowl. They own yeah, the rights they, they, to the term Super Bowl. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather? If you're the NFL, know, wouldn't like, you rather the advertising just be out there? But then they have to pay for it. If you're like not an official partner of the NFL, so you'll see like. Pepsi Brand, can do it. Brands that are an official part in the NFL can probably ah, say it, but like other Miller brands Lane. can't. Yes. Um, like Four Loco. I don't think Four Loco is allowed <laughs> to use <laughs> to use the ter- To use the term Super Bowl? Probably yeah. not. They probably don't have the, the money for that. Dannon, yogurt, I don't think. <laughs> they actually, no, they might. I think, well, they used to be uh, an Dan official partner. Dannon used to be. They used that's to be true. an official that's partner. Funny. I don't know. Of course. Right. Anyway, let's get back to the big game. <clears throat> big game. Big game. The, Super Bowl. <laughs> the big game. Okay, so I personally have the 49ers winning 27 to 24. Are we, are we just, that's it? That's always, <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna, this Super Bowl is so not, boring. I might not even watch we're it. We're not going to say and a word we're just about gonna, it. All right. Just Chief, scores. Well, Chiefs was, winning 35-28. We'll see you next week. I don't know. <laughs> Roll the outro. I don't know where. I, I mean, part of me wants to pick the Chiefs in hopes that I'm wrong because I've been so wrong with all my other picks. Obviously, uh, everybody knows who I want to win. I want the 49ers to win. I don't know, Mick. Where do you? Uh, what do you want me to do? I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> that doesn't help me I in am, the past. I am your faithful servant. What do you want me to Joe's do? Joe's usually the one who picks the, what he wants to win, and then they win anyways. More often than not. That is true. So there's he, just so much us wrong here. Like Except Ky- with the Lions last week. Kyle Shanahan has been to two Super Bowls. One as a coordinator. One as a head coach. He's choked in both of them. Andy Reid's been in a couple, I think, right? Like at least yeah. at least one, right? At, I could at be wrong. At least one. I mean, at least one. Andy Reid. Wow, guys, it's called sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, God. What are we yeah. doing? <laughs> well, he made it to one with the Eagles. Lost. Well, it's funny because that has he was... Been, has he been with the Chiefs? Before before Reid was with the Chiefs and even the beginning of his career with the Chiefs, that was the knock on Andy Reid, right? Was he couldn't win the big one. Yeah. He, he went to so many NFC Championship games with the, uh, with the Eagles... And then made it to one Super Bowl and lost. And then the first few years of the Chiefs, they would always get to the playoffs when Alex Smith was the quarterback. And so Patrick Mahomes has been, you know. And the Eagles won the Super Bowl in that time. Yeah, they did. With, they, with Nick Foles. Doug Peterson, yeah. Oh, I was Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick Foles, too. Who is the mastermind? Don't, don't forget about Nick Who I, I also have a uh, picture. I have a picture with him. I played pickup basketball with him, too. <laughs> LeGarrette Blount. Him, what in like, <laughs> all right. All right, so no. Super Bowl. We need a <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl score from you, yeah. Gabriel. I'll go. I can't pick the Chiefs. I won't do it. So I'll take the Niners to win thirty-three to thirty. Uh-huh. Are we gonna Are we gonna go into why? I, I think that's yeah, I was also gonna I do pick a, the Super Bowl MVP first. Right. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So my Super Bowl MVP is Christian McCaffrey. That's a good pick. It is, oh, especially because I have the 49ers winning. Yeah, my. Uh, so I have the Chiefs winning. So I'm gonna take a Kansas City Chief. I think. Um, I think it's a, uh, this is kind of a tough one because I Kadarius think Tony is kind of due. <laughs> He's kind of due for a big game. 
with the healthy scratch. I think uh, he did you know, say that yesterday. You know, if you so I'm not. I don't really know if I believe in the whole the NFL is a script, all that stuff. But, but if it were to be the script, if it were scripted, the Super Bowl MVP would be Taylor Swift herself because that is the only reason the Chiefs <laughs> are in the in the Super Bowl. Yes. So, is that your so because of that, I'm going to say Travis Kelsey. You know, by right. proxy, you know, whatever. There are a couple that will probably say we won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Even uh, though Taylor uh, Swift gosh. is just, I mean, what has she done ever in her life? <laughs> A little bit. She has like she has like twelve less Grammys than Kanye West or something like that. So. <laughs> Kanye made her. Everybody knows that. Oh, oh. If make. so, I don't really care who wins this game. Honestly, like, I, like I'd rather the Niners win because I don't want to see the Chiefs win. But if the Niners were to were to have like a come out song, you know what I'm saying? And it's like famous by Kanye West. <laughs> boom! I'm, I'm buying a I'm buying a Brock Purdy jersey. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can't we can't get into the lyrics. But, we can't get yeah. into the lyrics. But <laughs> if you know if you know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know. Um, might may or may not mention Taylor Swift. <laughs> maybe <laughs> anyway. Maybe Kanye made her famous. Maybe maybe he didn't. Um, I like Frank Gore as the MVP <laughs> for the Niners. <laughs> uh, uh, so Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, who cares? <laughs> I, honestly, I, this I, is I hate so I hate predictions, Mick. This is this is why I hate every other sports show. It's all about predictions and. How does this affect Patrick Mahomes' legacy? We have not talked. We have not mentioned the word legacy on this show. I, don't I know, and we don't, and I love that. Goat and legacy are two words that I never want to hear. I never want to hear them. It's just stupid. Yeah. So I'm not going to give you I, whatever. I don't care about the predictions. Brock Purdy. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So somebody, some, somebody could just. They, this game couldn't even be close. Maybe one of them just destroys him. It's happened in Super Bowls before. I really think hope about not. think about Broncos Actually, uh, Seahawks. So. Yeah. You know that was Patriots a great, Rams that one year. It was like they didn't well, destroy him, horrible. but it was just ten, horrible. Ten to three, ten, ten to you know, three. Those memes where it was like the stick and it was just do something. Yeah, seriously, that was. I mean, yeah. If you want to go by that, usually when it's a really good offense going up against a really good defense, a lot of times it's the defense that comes out on top. So I guess the Niners are kind of good on both sides of the ball, and so are the Chiefs. But if there's a strength for each team, I would say that the Chiefs' defense has been their strength all year. Same with the Niners' offense. So that also plays to the Chiefs. Uh, favor, historically speaking, but yeah, well, I, and the I, Chiefs' I don't offense has been clicking. I, I exactly, just, and it's it's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, he's postseason Pat. If you he's, will, he's unstoppable. I think that this one could be a pretty heavy run game because the 49ers' run defense kind of got a little bit exposed last week with what they're not able to cover, and they have such a good pass rush, which makes their passing defense so great. And then obviously Fred Warner as an individual cover guy is phenomenal, and I think that the Chiefs' passing defense. It's better than their rushing defense, and the 49ers' rushing attack is great. So yeah. this could be a pretty heavy running game, more so than Whoopsie we've seen do. out of either one of hey, these teams. Makes this the makes this game even more exciting. Don't hey, he's doing a he's doing a good job. <laughs> no, no, not Meg. <laughs> not Meg. That's not what I meant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Evan. That's not what I meant. You're doing a great job, hey. but I'm saying like, oh, like who we... wants to watch a running heavy game? Nobody. Maybe not. I, I agree. I think that the 49ers should learn from the Ravens' mistake. We all, or at least I thought, that they didn't try to run the ball enough. No, no, everybody thought. I think everybody did. Most people did. The 49ers have done a good job of sticking with the run, even against the Lions when it wasn't, they couldn't get anything going in the run game in the first half. They stuck with it. It eventually paid off. That's how they finished that game with some help from the Lions. But I think, yeah, I don't, the 49ers aren't going to get away from the run unless the score gets crazy, crazy out of hand early. I think they will continue to run the ball, and that's the smart thing to do because teams have been able to run the football on the Chiefs a little bit. I mean, it's not 
<laughs> it's like, it's not. It's defense not, is still good. It's not like an insane, like glaring thing. Like they can't stop the run. Yes, they can stop the run. But there have been instances this year where teams have had success running the football. So yeah, do that. Keep the ball away from their offense. Control it and uh, just go win the game. It's not that hard. Just yeah. just beat. Just just win. Just win, bit. Just, just win, baby. Just win the game. It's not that hard. Just win. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to the head coach. That's it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have I have one thing to say about one the more Super Bowl. thing. I think that the Chiefs are gonna win which is what I predicted, right? And that this is because I, I didn't get into it that much last week. Brock Purdy made a lot of mistakes that that should have cost him the game. Yeah? Can, yeah. can we agree? Yes. I mean, yep. that one 50-yard pass to uh, Ayuk should have been a pick. Not to Ayuk. Not to Ayuk, yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was to Vildor. Should have been a pick. Vildor off his helmet. to Ayuk. Um, I mean, yeah, what, he, he ran for like 50 yards, 40 yards. On he the Lions. picked up some first downs. It's picked up some big first downs. Congratulations. It's the Detroit Lions. I mean, you can take the over every week for for quarterback rushing yards. I mean, so I, I, I just you, don't think I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be able to handle. I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. I don't think that he is going to be able to handle the, the Chiefs defense, which who we have seen just be awesome. You think the moment will be too big and that Mahomes will rise to the occasion and Purdy's going to falter? Yes. A bit. Yes, but I don't think it's just the moment, though. I think it's just, no, yeah, I think it's, it's really the Chiefs not just defense. the moment. It's yeah. the Chiefs' defense is great. I mean, mm-hmm. the moment. Are Chris, we talking about legacy over here? No, no. I'm saying that's a re- okay. That's a real thing. <laughs> the moment, yeah. Of be- playing in a big game and guys folding that happens. Making some bad throws. Yeah, here and there. Look at, Lamar, look at Lamar Jackson last week. Michael, at, yeah, Michael Penix in the national Michael championship. That's the, the biggest. That's the biggest. The biggest example I've ever seen. And I mean, that was like opinion. you saw like the night and day because in the semifinal yep. game against Texas, he was, awesome. he was just lights out, money. Like guys, granted, there were a lot of times guys were running wide open, but even when guys were covered, he was just like fitting the ball into great coverage. Michigan again, there were guys open. He had chances, and he was and like Michigan's defense, best defense Washington played all year. But yeah. Like, yeah, he had a Dunze open for a touchdown. They were overthrown. There were opportunities right? for yeah. sure. So that's legitimate, Evan. Don't act like that's I'm just messing with you. Don't act like it's something stupid. Yeah, I, I, uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to watch the chess match, uh, Shanahan against Spagnolo. I don't even. This is bad. I don't know who the 49ers defensive coordinator is. Uh, do you guys know who it is? I what? do, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Because all I can so think of is Tamika Ryan's. He'll be a head coach within a few years, probably. Because that's probably, what they probably. do. 49ers and the Rams pumping out head coaches. But this brings but, up this brings up a good point. If the Niners don't win this year, are they ever going to win a Super Bowl? You know what I'm saying? Like, I they, mean, still, they have the they have the Avengers on their team. Everybody's they, healthy right now. They're not really losing anybody next year. Well, they're probably we've, not going to sign Chase Young back. Not that he's been lights out. We've mentioned they have a window right now, right? Because they they're do. not they're not paying a quarterback. I don't think that window closes this. this probably year. not. You're probably right. No, it's if not. They, unless everybody gets hurt close. again. Yeah, I don't know. That is, I don't know any of the contract stuff for the Niners. So I it's a psychological you. blow, though, if you lose again. Oh, like for time. Kyle Shanahan, that's three Super Bowl losses. That starts to get to you. You look back at and history. then back to back to the Chiefs, too. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's closed, but when you if if they lose, it it's just like another. You know, I don't know. It, I feel like it just makes it even more that uh, I don't know that like block you can't get over. Yeah, and if the Chiefs win, it just shows that you can never count count them out because this no. year they didn't look that great. Nope. We all thought in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's actually really similar to what the Bucks did a couple of years ago. Yeah. When they were count out when Tom they Brady. were what four four seed five yeah. seed and they were a wild four. they were a wild card. Team. They were a wild card. I don't even think they won their division that year. With no, because they really? they went into no they played at I home think, against Washington. I think they were the four seed. I think they were the four seed. Yeah. 
Because that was the year that Taylor Heineke almost beat them, and then they destroyed everybody else. Pull that up. I think they were a wild card team. Pull that up, Jamie. Who else is in their division? No, yeah, I think the Saints won the division that year. I was right. They were yeah, a wild card update, team. Update Gabriel was unfortunately right. Okay, cool. Whatever. Wow, that's crazy. Moving on, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, They were not great that season. They had some up and downs. got hot at the right time. Chiefs kind of doing the same thing. That's what happens when you have a really good head coach and a generational quarterback. Yeah. You're never done. Never done. Let's move on, though, to the new NFL head coaches. I think this is a little bit more interesting, a little bit more schematics. We're going to start out with Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, coming from the University of Michigan right after winning the national championship. Maybe the perfect time for him to get out, as we kind of talked about earlier. Not earlier today, but earlier in the season. I'm going to kind of defer this one to to Gabriel because he knows a lot more about Harbaugh's NFL history than I do. I just know him as a Michigan coach. So, Yeah, who's got it better than the Chargers right now? Anybody? Nobody. Apparently nobody. Um, Allegedly. I think it's I think it's a good hire. Uh, it's hard to argue with Harbaugh's record. He's won everywhere he went. I mean, you look back to, oh gosh, I can't remember where he was before Stanford, but he turned that program around. It was a smaller college in California. I can't remember. It was like San Jose or, or something, but turned them around, uh, took over Stanford when they were one in ten, one in eleven. Stanford was horrible. Within a few seasons, they were twelve and one and winning the Pac twelve or Pac ten, whatever it was at the time. Goes to the Niners, wins there, gets to a Super Bowl, gets to an NFC championship, leaves, goes to Michigan. Michigan was bad. I mean, Mich- the Michigan program had been bad for quite a while, especially by their standards. By their standards. By I their standards. Yes. I mean, come on. They weren't they weren't they weren't the Rutgers. Ohio State was rolling over them every year. Yeah. And it took Harbaugh a while to beat Ohio State, but eventually got it done and, yeah, turned Michigan into a national champion. So it's hard to see it not working for the Chargers and for Har- for Harbaugh and Justin Herbert. I think Herbert is maybe the most talented quarterback he's coached since Andrew Luck when he yeah, was at Stanford. I would say so. I don't think there's – yeah, there's anybody else. Um, he You know, Kaepernick looked, you know, really good for a period – when he was the head coach there, he essentially turned around Alex Smith's career. Alex Smith was about to get dumped. He was a essentially a bust, former number one overall pick that hadn't done anything and turned him into a good quarterback and, and was a good quarterback for the rest of his career uh, with Kansas City and, and elsewhere. So, I I mean, yeah, honestly, probably, yeah, biggest name hire for sure, I think. So, I hope, I mean, as a fan of a, a rival division team, I hope it doesn't work, but I, I think it... <laughs> On paper, it should work. I mean, yeah. You have the quarterback. You have the head coach. You definitely um, lack depth in a lot of places. Yeah, but the other, the other thing is Harbaugh, I think, is going to have an advantage in the draft for probably the next two seasons because he was in college football, right? So he's got a very a mm. closer understanding, knowing you know different players. I mean, these are guys he recruited. These are guys he was game planning for against or guys that you know, he coached himself if you know he drafts anybody from Michigan. So I think yeah he is he's, he has a, a little bit of a leg up there as far as the draft so that yeah could, def- all, could help them in in rebuilding this quick I mean it's not like they need to rebuild rebuild I mean I know the Chargers weren't good this year but like we said they have the quarterback they got some talent they have a lot of talent they're probably not going to be able to keep all of those yeah. veterans yeah, yeah they're going to lose some of those guys but I, I think mean they probably have a pretty free agency too because of Harbaugh now that he's there people want to go there people want to play with Harbaugh. Free agents want to go and play with Harbaugh and Justin Herbert because they want to win, right? Right. So well, this is what, this is my opinion. I don't think that they're going to be too great this year, but I think that the future is bright for them. They 
are in cap hell. Their cap space is minus forty four million dollars. They are is that bad? They are twenty ninth. They are twenty ninth in the NFL. Um, and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make some moves. Who are some if of the Harbaugh big? Was there? Who are some of the big names on there? Uh, yeah. So you'd say Herbert. Allen. Uh, Herbert, obviously. Khalil Mack is a big one. Mack Joey or Bosa. Mack or, I feel like Bosa might be gone. I think one of those two you need to get rid of. Eckler's gone. I think as Joey Bosa is twenty two million dollars in dead cap, which is Bosa's rough. just always hurt. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Herbert. I don't know. Um, it's a lot of big names. Oh, Quentin Johnson, of course. I mean, I don't even see uh, Mike Williams. No, Mike Williams is fourth. One thing I thought Austin was interesting, Eckler. and I'm, I'm kind of getting down in the weeds here, but well, early, maybe, maybe because he's a free agent this year. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Early mock drafts have had them taking uh, Bowers, Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end. Ooh. No way. I could see it. I could see it too. Really, T- Harbaugh is not. I mean, you look back at like the receive the receivers in his system are not no super featured. It's a heavy run, it's a ground and pound. He likes to run the ball and he likes to use a lot of tight ends. That but they got Justin Herbert. I know, and that's the thing. Like he's obviously going to run a different. It's going to be a different approach when you have Justin Herbert. But as I mean, their, to the other their guys current tight had. end is Gerald Everett, I think. And I who's don't even player. know how old Gerald, but he's old. He's not that old. I think he's like late twenties. He's probably twenty eight, twenty nine. But. Yeah, again, that may not be a guy you want to pay if you have to re-sign him. I don't, I don't know what his contract situation is right now, but either way, I could see them going tight end. That would kind of fit Parbaz. You know, I feel like their defense needs work. Yeah, I mean they have a lot. I feel like I would trade out of the fifth pick, especially with cap. You know, that's we got to pay. You're gonna have to pay a fifth pick, a good chunk of money. You know, yeah, that's, that's true. Works. You know, you can trade out to the. Like, the only like ten still get a good. You could get like a good DB because they're definitely in need of defense. I mean, there may be teams. Yeah, look at the Las move up. Vegas Raiders dropped sixty three on them. I don't think that they have a very good defense. <laughs> well, two of those touchdowns were defensive touchdowns, so they only gave up forty nine. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> only forty nine. Only forty nine. Sorry, my bad. My bad. The other thing, my other thing with Harbaugh is this: he is based on what. I've heard is he he's, he's kind of a strange personality. Like he rubs some guys the wrong way. Like that's why it. that's why it didn't work out in San Francisco. I mean, not many guys go to a Super Bowl and an FC Championship game and then have one season that I think they were eight and eight and then you're fired. Yeah, he obviously didn't. Was. He didn't get along with the front office in San Francisco. So he's a little bit of a different personality. I think it may rub some players the wrong way if they don't get on board. That's why I didn't. I didn't think he would have been. A good hire for the Raiders because I feel like he wouldn't have been a great fit culture-wise with what they had kind of gotten going with Antonio Pierce and and everything there. You know that real sort of I don't know what you call it, straight out of Compton Raider Ra- Raider way sort of vibe. That's not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's uh, Oakland Raider vibe. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's different than that for sure. And so I mean, he can come off as a, like a little dorky. You know, but at the end of Definitely. the day, at the end of the day, the guy's a winner. I think he's, I think he'll succeed. So, I mean, yeah, good hire for the Chargers. Yeah, just yeah. hard when you're that in debt with the cap. Yeah, in one year, not his I, problem I do think, though. That's true. I think that the, I mean, they got a lot of talent. So, this offseason is, is very critical for him. Let's move on. Who's next on your list? Next up, uh, Gerard Mayo, former linebackers coach for the New England Patriots. Uh, I mean. Now head coach, I don't really love it though. You just went four and thirteen. You're struggling. I know your defense is, has been fine, so it's not like he's the problem. But 
I think that you have to go offense. If you have a, you got an early pick, you're probably drafting a quarterback here to replace a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator slash head coach in the in the system. I think that that's that's the way to go now. That's the way to rebuild. Well, it was a unique situation because I think it was written into his contract that once Belichick was gone, he was going to be promoted to the head coach. That's why they didn't they didn't interview anybody else. That's they got around. They didn't have to comply with the Rooney rule because it was already written into his contract from what I understand that he was going to become the next head coach. So That's so interesting. It is it is strange. A lot of people don't get it. They're saying that you know, especially with the guys that were available. Like as soon as Vrabel became available, everybody thought, "Oh, like no brainer. Like Mike Vrabel is going to go to the Patriots." No. Um That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, appara- apparently not. He's you know, obviously a disciple of of Bill Belichick, played there for a number of years, was the was the the middle linebacker and has now coached there for I don't know how long, couple of years, but very familiar with the Patriot way. I, th- I think, yeah, honestly, the idea is, you know, Kraft wants to, he's not trying to completely reinvent the way that the Patriots do things. He wants to, you know, keep the, keep the good part of the tradition that, you know, obviously Belichick has established in his 20 plus years there. They want to keep winning, but they wanted to get younger, right? And, and you want, you want a guy who they felt like could connect to players better, uh, you know, nobody should be able to do that better than Gerard May. He was 37 years old. It wasn't long ago that he was playing in the NFL. Yeah. So he should, o- should obviously be able to connect with players. Guys should, you know, easily get guys motivated to want to play for him. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you, though. I think it would have made some sense to go after an offensive guy, especially if, if quarterback will be the pick, which it seems like it should be. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I didn't think that they were going to hire him. I didn't even know who he was until – it came out that he was hired, so I don't really have much to say about it. I do I do agree with Mick, though, that you should probably go offense. Yeah, well, thank you for listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Outside Source Football, we'll be back after this short break. Welcome back to Outside Source Football on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Moving on to more NFL head coaches. Up next, we've got Atlanta, who got Raheem Morris, former Rams defensive coordinator. I mean, I, I don't really know. This is kind of how I feel about the Patriots, but for a different reason. I feel like you should have brought in an offensive guy because all that talent, all those first-round guys that you brought in, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, are all on the offensive side of the ball. So if you want to you know, emphasize your strengths, you bring in an offensive guy, hopefully maybe even a new quarterback this year to, to bring out the best in those guys. But, I mean, he was okay. The Rams' defense was, was pretty average this year, and they were probably below average in talent. So he probably did a better better job than maybe most people would have done on the Rams. They had some pretty good second half adjustments against the Lions specifically to shut down the Lions. So good halftime adjustments. But I mean, I don't really know. I mean, that much about him other than the Rams were eh, on defense this year. And I think Atlanta should have went for an offensive guy too. What you're forgetting, Evan, is that the NFL is an extremely reactionary league. And so we're seeing the end of the, I need to find the next Sean McVay phase. And you're now in the, I need to find the next Dan Campbell phase. So if you look at a lot of these head coaching hires, and I know Campbell's not technically a defensive guy. He played uh, tight end. Played tight end. I mean, I feel like you know maybe he doesn't isn't really specific to either side of the ball now. But he's a culture guy, right? It's about changing the culture and and being you know big motivator, whatever. And so the Raiders did it, hiring Antonio Pierce. That's a culture guy, culture hire. Gerard Mayo seems to be that way. Dan Quinn is that way with the Commanders and. You know, Raheem Morris, uh, Raheem Morris is an excellent coach. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is like, oh, Raheem Morris is like a meathead or something. No, that's not, not what I'm saying. But 
teams are less concerned this go around, it seems like, about getting an offensive guy or a defensive guy. Like they're really not worried about which side of the ball the guy maybe comes from, as long as he's they think he's a guy that can build a culture and a guy that can connect with players and, you know, be that presence in the locker room that like unites a team. Yeah, kind of less like the the Mike McDaniels and the the Jonathan Gannons, the great kind of scheme guys. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's is, is a great scheme guy, but yeah, I guess you're you're right about the culture thing. A lot of people are more worried about the culture this year because that's what works last year. I mean, look at Dan Campbell, great success, culture guy. You look at D'Amico Ryan's this last year, great success, and yeah, he's 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 a smart head coach, like, but he's a culture guy. That's what he is. You look at Mike McDaniel, and you're like, well, they didn't even really beat any great teams, and he's big scheme guy. You look at Jonathan Gannon, and I know they had a lot of injuries, and that team is rough when it comes to talent not his fault but scheme guy so I guess you're kind of like you think about the last year and just what happened to the scheme guys and what happened to the the culture guys I'm doing air quotes I know you guys can't see that but the culture guys yeah this last year the culture guys outplayed most of the scheme guys yeah and I mean it's not a definite rule I mean Vrabel got fired Vrabel is was probably what he was best known as for you know being a culture culture guy less than less so than the X's and O's side of it but yeah, I mean, it, it, these things come in waves and by all accounts, Raheem Morris is, is an excellent coach in the NFL, uh, had a head coaching job a long time ago with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he was really young. I think he was only 32 at the time when he got that job, had a little bit of success, but was out pretty quick and, and has been a coordinator for the most part since then. He was actually the interim coach in Atlanta for a while, I want to say. I, th- I think back when they fired Dan Quinn, I think Raheem Morris became the interim coach. So, also yeah, also familiar with Atlanta. He's been there before and, did, yeah, did a really good job with the Rams this year. One thing I, I thought was interesting was how much the Rams were seemed to be advocating for him to get a head coaching job before he did. And on one level, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Um, you know, you want guys to succeed – but also there's an incentive in there for the Rams because if your coordinator gets hired, you get compensation draft picks, right? So I kind of thought that was interesting. It seemed like they were going for the com- almost, for the almost like above and beyond, like telling everybody that, hey, you really, <laughs> you really need to hire Raheem Morris. He's a really good coordinator. And I, I'm sure it's genuine and they believe that and you know they want what's, uh, what's best for the guy. But there is a little bit of a selfish incentive there as a team because you do get draft picks for having uh, – coordinators get hired as head coaches yeah and moving on to the next guy is the panthers dave canals is it canals do you want to say it i would guess it's canals i would guess it's canals uh i'm big on hiring offensive guys if you can't already tell <laughs> no. <laughs> no but but uh pairing a young quarterback in bryce young with a new offensive coordinator i think that's a good move now how good was the bucks offense really schematically i mean i actually thought it was it was pretty good especially with their running backs i thought he did an excellent job with Rashad White, getting the absolute most out of him. Um, so I, I mean, I like, I like the move. I think that he wasn't, you know, the Ben Johnson. This guy's a genius. This guy needs to be a head coach soon. But I don't think that he was. I think that it was a good hire. Yeah, he's developed a bit of a reputation as a quarterback saver with uh, his work the past few seasons. Baker he was, Mayfield. He was with yeah Mayfield this season. He was with Geno Smith in Seattle before that, and for the Panthers. I, it makes sense, right? You just drafted Bryce Young, number one overall. That's your focus right now is pairing him with the the head coach that's going to get the most out of him and and help him develop as a player because you're obviously invested in 
in Bryce Young. Yeah, they you know, don't really whether, have whether, a, a first overall pick this yeah, year. Yeah, whether so. yeah, you you sold everything for Bryce Young, right? So you really really want to make it work with him. So not surprised that they go with not only an offensive guy, but a guy who's specifically has a background with quarterbacks and and maybe getting guys to play better than they have at other stops in their career. So makes sense. I don't know a whole lot about him other than that, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, up next we got the Titans. <laughs> Joe's got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Joe has not talked. You guys, yeah, you guys are saying it's almost I'm not like going to copy what you guys are saying. It's like he pays attention to the Lions more. Yeah, yeah. We getting to Ben Johnson soon. What, what did you think? What did you think of uh, how did Dan, Dan, Dave Canales schemed up against the Lions? Not that that's a very high bar for the Lions secondary, but uh, I mean, yeah, congratulations. You attacked him in the air. I mean, you have a you have a you have an all pro receiver, and Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. He attacked the Lions. Congratulations, Cam Sutton Sutton got torched by Mike Evans. I mean, of course, he attacked the Lions where it hurt the most: their defense. Their defense, yeah, (laughs) with an offense that is capable, with a quarterback that can throw the ball, Hmm. not well, or run the ball. We don't do well against those ones either. That's not true. Justin Fields. Uh, yes. Oh, quarterbacks. Yes, quarterbacks correct. So I thought you meant offenses. No. Moving on, though, to Titans hiring Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator. See, this is a really interesting one because it's how do you look at this, right? Do you look at this as... With oh, my eyes. Oh, they hired... Oh, they hired... This- <laughs> do you look at this as, oh, they hired this new offensive coordinator from an offense that lost Joe Burrow and didn't really seem to miss anything when they put Jake Browning in. Well, they yeah. missed a little bit. But, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not Joe Burrow, obviously. But, like, that offense was still good with Jake Browning. Yes. And they, they have a very talented offense. And, and But, I mean, that's going to be the question with every guy. Is it really just how good they're scheming or is it how good their talent is? So I don't think that that was really a concern with him because he kind of proved that he could do it at least a little bit without Joe Burrow. Like, he could scheme. The, the problem with this guy and this hire is that you lost Mike Frabel. So how do you look at it? Do you look at it as, all right, they got this new guy, and I really like him as a hire, or do you look at him as the bar was already so high with Mike Frabel, not record-wise, but like how good that they had actually been in recent years, and now that he's gone, is this how is this guy going to possibly be better? It's Yeah, that is tough being compared to Vrabel, who had yeah, taken them to the playoffs multiple times, won a lot of games. Their last, Overachieved. last two seasons weren't very good, but... The Titans are a team that's really in a rebuild. I think the team understands that, you know, the organization. The fans may not as much. If he comes in and struggles early on, the grumblings are going to be, God, you know, why did we get rid of Mike Vrabel in favor of this guy? So that's a little bit tough. Not an ideal situation to be going into because when you think about it, the Titans are maybe the least talented team in the NFL because they're they're moving on from Derrick Henry like I said, they're. I think they're completely blowing this thing up. I don't know. Like, is Will Levis the quarterback? I assume he'll probably be the starter next year. They're not in a position right now to draft one of the top guys. You'd have to move up. I mean, where, where are the Titans in the draft? Are they like fringe top ten? Probably. Are you? I mean, yeah, they're like they're like number eight, but I think eight. This sounds right, but I'm just gonna say go, let's go with eight. Okay, but it's such a deep quarterback class that do you do that now and do you try to get or do you hope that this offensive coordinator there's seven. seven yeah can can kind of not fix Will Levis cuz not that he has like a whole bunch of problems but can develop Will Levis into 
the future. So what what do you do right here if you're the if you're the Titans? I think I think you draft a quarterback. Hmm. I do like Will Levis. Three years I, in a row. I think that yeah. Well, I don't really count the one two years ago. They drafted him in the third round. That was, Will, Will Levis was a second round pick. Right? No, 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 no. Really? I'm talking about. I'm I know. Talking Ma, about, no, Malik, yeah, Malik Willis was the Malik third Willis. round. I understand that. That was a disaster. Will Levis, but like Will Levis is a second round pick. Yeah. You say already that they need to take a first round guy. That's investing a lot of high, like first round picks are, yeah, their own thing, but second and third round picks, you can't discount those and act like that's just nothing. Yeah. Using picks on guys that aren't going to play for you. I mean, that's the reason they're in this situation right now where they feel like, yeah, they have no talent because they haven't drafted well. Yeah. I'm also not, you know, in the building every day watching Will Levis practice. I don't really know how good Will Levis is on a date. I mean, we watched him play like what six, seven games this year, but we watched him play as a rookie second rounder that we thought was going to be a long term developmental guy, if anything. Yeah, he's talented. I don't. I I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan. Other other people like him more. I, I don't know. I I question the demeanor a little bit, but I mean that's kind of beside the point. Like we don't we don't need to get into whether or not we believe Will Levis is the quarterback of the future right now. It is. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Callahan with the Titans. I understand why he got the job based on what he did with the Bengals. But to your point about talent, it's easier to call plays when you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, uh, Joe Burrow for most of the time. Tyler Boyd, you had a lot of weapons with the Bengals, right? All of a sudden, you're with the Titans now, and who do you got? I saw a quote earlier today that was I thought was kind of funny but true. It was Doc Rivers talking about how in one season back when he was with the Celtics quickly became the best play caller in the NBA because instead of calling plays for, I don't know who the guys were before they got him, but all of a sudden the next season, yeah, they had Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen's like, well, yeah, it's easy to call plays for those guys. They were three of the best players in the NBA at the time. So it's easy to look like an offensive genius or easier to look like an offensive genius when you have great players. How, yeah. How are you going to do when you maybe don't have that same talent? Moving on, though, to maybe the one we'll talk the most about because this one is all about Gabriel for the new Raiders hire, Antonio Pierce, the former interim head coach and linebackers coach for the Raiders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, you thought you thought that uh, I wasn't going to talk or you thought that I haven't been talking a lot now. Just wait. I'm just going to mute my mic. I'll get a coffee or something. <laughs> you're not. Oh, I thought maybe you were, you were trying to steal it from me. Oh, no. Definitely um, not. Yeah, I was happy with it. I was, I was glad they hired Pierce. I was pretty outspoken near the end of the season that I was in support of him. So I, I think it was a smart move. I think the players loved him. Obviously, I mean, yeah, we've, we've been over this. I, I feel like he was from the area, grew up a Raiders fan, was able to sort of bring this team together after the end of the Josh McDaniels era. Um, they didn't give Champ Kelly – the full-time GM job. Interestingly enough, they brought in Tom Telesco. Not sure how I feel about that. Telesco was the GM for the Chargers the past uh, 11 years, something like that. And so on on one hand, you can say, okay, the Chargers have had some really good draft picks in that time. And some really bad draft some picks. Ba- some time. bad picks too. They've been able to bring in a ton of high-name free agency, or, you know, free agents. So on one hand, you would say, okay, yeah, this is a GM who's been able to stockpile talent but that talent hasn't translated into a lot of wins. And they've also had some really bad contracts, like Joe was saying earlier, that you know, put them in uh, serious uh, cap, you know, trouble. cap trouble. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, you know, 
I'll be optimistic about all of them for now. Uh, interesting development late last week with the offensive coordinator, though, and this will kind of segue into the commanders, but it seemed the Raiders had a deal in place to hire uh, Cliff Kingsbury, former Cardinals coach. Most and then instead of that. Instead of that, yeah, that kind of fell through after everybody reported. I mean, Adam Schefter reported. Everybody said, like, yeah, this is basically a done deal. I saw it on, like, NFL Plus sports, like, like not just Twitter. Yeah. And then the next day, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, not so much. Cliff Kingsbury withdrew his name from consideration. He has since signed with the Commanders as the offensive coordinator, and the Raiders have hired Luke Getze, former Bears offensive coordinator. So I, I wasn't as... I wasn't like super mad that, oh gosh, we don't have Cliff Kingsbury. I, I was a little excited at first. Like, okay, like Clint, Cliff Kingsbury, offensive guy, you know, air raid, background, exciting, whatever. Um, it was just the way that it happened. It seems like this, yeah. these sort of things always happen with the Raiders where the word is that, yeah, like contract talks broke down. Like the Raiders were only offering him a two-year deal and he wanted a three-year deal. I don't know. Who knows what's true there? That The truth of that probably won't come out for a while. Uh, on the surface, it makes sense to me why he would want to go to Washington. They have the number two pick. They're going to get one of the top quarterbacks. They might get Caleb Williams. He was at USC with Caleb Williams last year. So that kind of makes sense to me why he would take that job just because of yeah where the commanders are at right now um, compared to where the Raiders are, um, especially in regards to the draft. Yeah, and but, we, we can talk about it, <laughs> or we have talked about it a little bit, but you think about Cliff Kingsbury and you think about hyper athletic, not athletic, hyper like big play quarterbacks, yeah. like wild kind of style of play, but they're talented, extremely talented. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I don't remember what the third one we named was. Johnny Menzel. Johnny Menzel was the one, was the, is the going, main one that going, I think of. Going way back. And now you're going back to, you just named Kill Williams. I mean, all in kind of the same boat of like. And I mean, either way, the, the commanders are going to get one of the top two guys, yep. so who or whoever the, whoever they feel like it is, whether it's whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. I don't know. Th- those three right now seem to be in. It'll probably know. be Williams or May. Yeah, whether whether or not, and you know, it's it's up in the air whether or not Caleb Williams will go to Chicago. Whether Chicago is going to draft him, whether they're going to keep Justin Fields. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and in April, the end of April when the draft is. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but not great offenses all the time, even with those guys. I mean, Texas Tech, a lot of losses. Yeah, yeah. Kingsbury doesn't have a great history of winning, no. unfortunately, especially as a head coach. He had a, a losing record as a head coach at Texas Tech when when he had Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback and then was able to get a head coaching job because of everybody wanted a young, offensive, you know, slick guy. And so got the job with the Cardinals and – uh, I think they had they made it to the playoffs one year when he was the head coach. Is that right? And then he was out the next season. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes with uh, with Dan Quinn. I saw somebody said Dan, that I think we should talk about Dan Quinn next right now. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, we're we're talking about it. So somebody I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, somebody somebody in sports media said that they're a good pairing because they complement each other well. Apparently. You know, Dan Quinn is uh, kind of the tough, you know, no nonsense um, type of guy. I mean, you know, Dan Quinn is a defensive guy, yeah. and then obviously, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is going to take over the offensive side of the ball. But you know, Kingsbury is much more 
let it happen, let it play. Yeah, is and he's more of a player's coach. So basically, they're saying like where where Dan Quinn is like maybe this like tougher authoritarian type. Kingsbury was more of a player's coach, not you know less confrontational, and that could be a good pairing. I, I mean, who yeah, knows? Maybe you, you never know in the NFL. Good pairing or, or clash. We'll see. Really, one day. Yeah, but I think the interesting thing about Dan Quinn is you go from. The team who was the worst against the 50% run, 50% pass plays. I remember Joe mentioned that last week or two weeks ago. And you go from that with two great pass rushers to now you move to Washington who just traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I just don't know if they have the talent to keep up that that kind of scheme. And they brought over – it looks like it's going to be a full Cowboys defense-type style rebuild because they brought over their DB's coach as the defensive passing coordinator, defensive pass game leader whatever so and and obviously they did not get ben johnson yeah i think that's something that should be mentioned is the commander's first choice seemed to be ben johnson and that that also makes sense why you bring in cliff kingsbury after the fact that you didn't get ben johnson because you feel like you're still getting your your young offensive guru type guy even though i i would say it at this point i would it's, I don't think it's I would, really debated. I would rather have Ben Johnson yeah. than, than Kingsbury running my offense, like from an offensive coordinator standpoint, for sure. I think Ben Johnson has proved more in the past two seasons uh, than Kingsbury has. But you see why the commanders went out and got him because they wanted Ben Johnson. And it's funny, but yeah, you bring in Dan Quinn now, especially after after they fired Rivera, it seemed to be you know like kind of this youth movement with the commanders. And then you can you get like the same kind of guy in Dan Quinn. I know Dan Quinn is younger than Ron Rivera, but he's a retread head coach, defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't, there's a lot of similar similarities between him and Ron Rivera. Like you didn't get that different. Obviously, he's you know different guy. We'll see if it Bigger. works. He, he, and he, <laughs> or she, I mean, that's one of the weirdest headlines I've seen. That yeah, Mike Vrabel didn't get a job because yeah, that's nuts. GMs are intimidated by how big he is. Like, <laughs> that's what? nuts. Like it's the NFL. Thank I mean, there's Colin. huge people everywhere. Um, yeah, that was strange. I don't know if I buy that one, but <laughs> I know. We're on to Seattle like though, real what? quick. Yeah. Hiring Mike McDonald, not McDonald, McDonald. Uh, young, my favorite defensive hire. I mean, the blitz schemes and the stunts are amazing. Obviously, you're going to a Seattle defense that has a really good secondary and maybe not so good of a front seven. Uh, I think though that this defense could be pretty dangerous because. You think of the Ravens, and you don't think of great pass rushers. You think of a great secondary, and you think of fast linebackers. So I think if they draft a fast linebacker or two, I think that he'll be able to get it done a similar Ravens type, obviously not Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, but a similar Ravens type defense with the Seattle Seahawks. I think that that's possible. Yeah, um, McDonald, he was the defense coordinator of the Ravens this past season, did one year at Michigan as the D.C. and, and a number of years with the Ravens before that, so... Get a Ravens defensive guy. It makes sense. The Ravens have always known for a good defense. So yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there schematically. They have some talent in Seattle. Should be able to coach it up. And unlike the commanders who didn't get much younger, Seattle did get significantly younger here going yeah, from, from Pete Carroll to Youngest head coach in the league. McDonald. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I With all these head coaches – Unless they're in the AFC West and not the Raiders, I wish them well. <laughs> yeah, it's just tough. We'll see. We'll see if the Seahawks still own the Lions. Let me just sorry. Let me, let me bring this back to the Lions because that's all I care about. <laughs> let me make this about me. <laughs> let me make this team. about me and my team. But you know, the Seahawks always beat the Lions. But maybe it was Pete Carroll. 
Yeah, well, thank you for listening to Outside Source Football yeah, well, uh, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Find a way to tie it all together, Joe. Yeah. Have a great Finally. day. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hey, take care. Can't wait to cheer for the... Thank you.